and welcome to another episode of the Fleekazoid Podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Today's topic is ghosting, and this one is brought to you by popular demand. So let's get it out the way, just so that we have it in the books. My TikTok breakup playlist has two videos about ghosting on it, so I'm sure that if you've already followed me on TikTok, you already know a little bit about what I'm going to say, but I will include some new perspectives today. Just a heads up, I know that this topic gets people heated because they say, hey, being ghosted after one week is not actually ghosting. Being ghosted after somebody you went on three dates with is not actually being ghosted. The general consensus here for me is that anyone that you're talking to just disappearing and not talking to you is considered ghosting for me. I know, fight with me all you want, but that's the context that we're using it in for today's episode. And the general theme is how do you deal with that rejection when people just reject you without actually saying something to you or just bouncing away? And look, today's episode is not to make you feel like, oh my God, you're so wild for like having any type of emotional reaction to this. No, ghosting sucks ass. And to keep it 100, I do not think that there is anything that I could say to make you feel good about being rejected, being ghosted, or someone leaving your life. I think that there's no way to actually make you feel empowered by the end of that. So as much as I wish that I could feed you that happy pill after a shitty situation, this is not one of those times, but I do want to give you perspective and I want you to have some self-compassion. But first, I'm going to do some truth, self-awareness, real talk, and that's going to end around the 13-minute mark. So if you feel like, hey, I'm not the person who needs to hear how to not be delusional, go ahead and fast forward to that area. And I say this because some people are like feral wild animals when it comes to being ghosted and they believe that they deserve feedback and answers and they're the people who need the real talk. So yeah, the compassion's gonna come, but first we need to have the, hey, babes, like, you know, <laughs> no bullshit attitude talk. After we have the no bullshit talk, we're gonna talk about who does the ghosting, why they do the ghosting. Then I wanna talk about some possibilities to explore within yourself like codependency. Why do we have such intense reactions to people abandoning us? And no, I'm not gonna talk about childhood abandonment issues. It's gonna be a talk about codependency. So there is the preface of today's episode. And with that being said, we can now move on to ghosting in 2022, which by the way, hi, happy October, very fitting for the month. All right, let's go. When I brought this up on my Twitch live stream, I said, what better closure is there than knowing that somebody choose to let you fall back and out of their life by ghosting you? We came to an agreement as a community that that is a slow candle burning type of pain. And you know what? Yeah, that's true. That's like a realization that you come to after 24 to 72 hours and it does fucking suck ass. And my Twitch community is like a multi-gendered community and everybody was like, hey, if I get an explanation, I feel better about that. And to a certain extent, I can actually relate. But I think that there are like side caveats to this, right? Like if somebody tells me that they found somebody else that they like and they're moving on to them, that doesn't feel good. If somebody tells me that, hey, it's not you, it's me. Yeah, motherfucker, it's definitely you. And some people would actually prefer to just be ghosted than to be sent a message being told that they have another person in the background that they chose over them and that they would rather be with all along. But there is the other scenario where it's like, hey, I actually decided that we're not a good fit for each other and we want different things and it's healthy for us to separate. 
it doesn't feel good to have that conversation, but you can move forward knowing that at least like that conversation was had and that you just have to respect it at that point. And yeah, you can be sad and feel bad about it, but it's like it happened. Now, you know, good, like leave with that. But just because you get an answer doesn't mean that you always feel good about the situation. But the positives for some people is getting that immediate rejection in that one moment instead of finding out over 24 to 72 hours. There's this other group of people where when they get ghosted, even if it's like a month or three months after the fact, they're like, I want them to know that they hurt me. I want them to like at least tell me sorry or give me a reason why. Babe, I've been you. By the time they come around, you've already moved on so much mentally that like anything that they say is laughable. If they put a sad face emoji, it's like, what the fuck is this? It's going to be hilariously bad and idiotic to see something like that. There's just nothing that can make up for the time and the amount of theories and things that you have told yourself in the span of that month to three months or maybe even like six months. Also, wanting them to see how they have hurt you. Girl, at that point, you're basically a dead body that they want to bury into the woods and have nobody discover. They do not want to feel the hurt that they caused you. That is not like a good feeling for them. They're going to avoid it with their entire life. And even if they do feel that way, even just a little bit, fun fact, it's not going to make them like you. It's not going to make them want you back. And if anything, it's just going to make them like reaffirm the fact that they left you where they left you and how they did it. And if being ghosted by them is triggering you to want to shop at their favorite grocery store when you know they get off work, throw a brick through their window or do something bad to their vehicle. Um, you know what? I actually am going to be on the side of the ghoster here. You sound crazy. You shouldn't be doing that. So do conversations make it better? To the extent that the breakup is immediate and you're not sitting there wondering why and coming up with the conclusions yourself? Yes, that is nice to have. Does it feel good to be ghosted? No, never. Is it a form of closure? Yes, you can find closure in it. No, you don't need to hound that person down to go find it. And is wanting to stalk that person and do something harmful to them a proper reaction? Absolutely not. Please use this as a moment to force yourself to move on. Some people will act like it is their God-given right to be given feedback at the end of a relationship about what they could have done better, what they did right, and what they did wrong. Um, babe, are you an exit survey review? Are you an app that's being deleted? A job that's being quit from? Why are we asking for exit reviews? Fun fact, but most people will give you feedback during the relationship. They'll tell you actively what they like and don't like if they're actually a decent communicator and if they're not passive aggressive. No one owes us feedback. And I often find that some people ask for the feedback just so that they can keep the conversation open, keep the communication open, and to be like, oh, well, maybe I can do right this time. Now that I know that that's the problem, maybe we can just work on it and we can do better. Girl, no. Don't do it. You don't need feedback. All you need to do is move on. Worst case scenario is that you're dealing with a person who never communicates and doesn't actively tell you what's on their mind. It could also be a person who thinks that being open and honest is a person who's being confrontational when that's not true. A hallmark of a healthy relationship is people who can come to each other with their problems. And that's obviously something that you didn't have if you're just finding out that issues are happening the day that they leave you. The best case scenario is that you have a person who was actively telling you what you were doing wrong and you ignored it. The first thing that comes to mind when I think of this is the husband trope who never picked up his socks, never did his laundry, cleaned his dishes, whatever, and then eventually gets divorced and acts shocked that it happened. Both scenarios are not good ones. And whether you agree with their reasoning or not is not what matters. At the end of the day, you just have to respect the fact that they don't want to be around you. Just because ghosting is considered unacceptable does not give you the justified reasoning to like 
harass that person, stalk them, or try to find them in person. If you're like me and you've Googled, why do people ghost? Why is he ghosting me? You'll always see a reply about how somebody's immature and that you're better off without them because why would you want to be with somebody who can't communicate? Well, I think that there's a little bit more to the situation, and I find that that response is kind of like a platitude, and I'm not a fan of platitudes. It wasn't meant to be, he wasn't meant for you. Things that just jar up a whole entire situation into a nice little box. And it's like, oh, that's all you had to say? It almost feels like they're trying to shoo you away and just shut the situation up. But okay, let's move on. First, let's talk about the who does the ghosting. In my opinion, there's a variety of people who do it, and one of them is afraid of you. And this type of person is who we mostly call the conflict avoidant, which I'm sure you have already heard. As a woman, I'm sure that you can understand and relate. Not that you have to respect it, but that's just how they see you or they see the situation. And because I don't know what's going on inside my listeners' lives or inside of their heads, I don't know. Are they right? I couldn't tell you. Another well-known brand of ghoster is the one who ghosts you, but to leave the door open. Because in their mind, they didn't officially break up with you, so why would you think it's over? You're crazy for thinking it's over. They only disappeared for a month. That didn't mean that they didn't like you. They could say that they just needed time to think and that they just needed to do their thing. And in that case, I would have hoped that you don't pressure this person into talking to you or into reaching out and being something that they're not, which is interested in you. Because anybody who actually likes you would find it unfathomable to disappear for a month on you. Yes, you don't want to badger this person. You do want to give them space the space to actually leave you, the space to go away if they don't actually want to date you or have something serious with you. The other half of the scenario is that maybe, just maybe, and this is like a one out of 1,000 situation, it could be a person who actually needs the time to think and they will appreciate you giving them that time and space to just think it out and not be badgered and to just let them have the time that they need to be alone and to realize that they actually like you and miss you. However, this should not be a repeated event that happens once a month or more than you can actually emotionally handle. And I know that situations and circumstances play into this, but if you guys already have an established relationship where it's not weird for you to hit them up first and for them to hit you up first and it can go back and forth all day long and it's not like exclusively one person having to do it 24-7, then that's not a big deal for you to be like, hey, what's up? How's it going? Right? And then if you got ghosted at that point, eh, no more pushing it let it go. They're not interested. But there's another situation where it's literally somebody who like makes a promise to hang out with you over the weekend and then they disappear and then they never hit you back up and they never say anything. And it was like, oh, okay, that guy lied to me. Yeah, leave that guy alone. If the plans don't happen and he's not pushing for them to happen, neither should you. The first scenario is one where you guys already have an established level of comfort, back and forth. You guys are well known amongst each other and it's not weird and you guys have this like pattern of comfortability where you can just count on each other to just hit each other up. The second one is a guy who maybe is a little bit new to your life. Maybe it's like date number four or five or six and he's already being shady. Yeah, you don't got to deal with that. So people are either ghosting because they just don't want to deal with the beef and the fighting or they want to leave that door open. At the end of the day, it's not your job to badger them into loving you, responding to you, or into having a relationship with you that they don't actually want. And if this is something that you're struggling with, I have an episode called If You Love Them, Let Them Go. It's a nice little talk on how to get over that mentality of feeling like you need to force somebody into loving you. Because, uh, hey, would you want somebody to force you into responding or force you into loving them? Hell no, that's weird and it's wrong and you're better than that. And a serious side caveat of this conversation is the type of person who enters a dating space because they're bored and they want validation. 
This is also a person who's going to ghost you. Why? Because if you're dating for validation and attention and for fun, and then you end up with somebody that maybe you don't really value or you don't see a future with, yeah, it's going to feel very inconsequential to just leave them hanging high or dry or to just keep coming around every one or two months after you ghost them, feeling like that door is open and like you can and that it's fun, that it's entertaining and it's a challenge. Yes, it is giving fuckboy behavior and they will do it as many times as they feel like they are able to, i.e. as many times as they realize that they are not blocked yet. And the most feral part of this behavior is that it's so inconsequential to ghost you, but it's also equally inconsequential to hit you back up and to try to reignite things that they know that they still don't want to go anywhere. Well, besides their beds, and then go back to not going anywhere. And yes, this makes me want to scream and hurl my body off a bridge because it is so annoying and so frustrating, and people like this will give you mental illness if you're the type of person who wants a relationship. And even worse, this type of person could even put you in that type of trauma bond love because somebody who's very inconsistent creates a dopamine rise and fall that ends up being an addiction, which by the way, if you want to learn more about this, check out my podcast episode called Limerence and Emotional Dysregulation. I also have a nice little YouTube video about it. And another side side caveat is that somebody who is engaging in this behavior might just be emotionally unavailable, which in this case, aha, go check out the podcast episode Emotionally Unavailable Men to unpack that because <laughs> it's a lot. And um, it's not your job to make them not emotionally unavailable. And this is where bouncing back from ghosting starts to hurt because to me, when I think about how do I bounce back from ghosting, it's the idea that, oh my God, Somebody is the ghosting type and I couldn't make them the non-ghosting type. I couldn't change that person. Those things about me that I thought were awesome and unique and special are maybe not that special because if I was those things that I thought I was, they would have realized it and they would have appreciated it and they would have saw the value in it and they wouldn't have ghosted me. It's almost like we beat ourselves up for not being able to flip them. And this is where the episode that I recommended comes in because people like this are probably emotionally unavailable for a slew of reasons. It is not your job to undo literal years of socialization and stigmas and things that that man has learned about relationships that makes him not want to be in one, sees them as harmful, or maybe even sees it as a deterrent to his well-being in life. And I know at this point, this is where I start to sound bitter. Okay, listen, we all know that wives and women make men's lives easier. They make them last longer. They actually raise a man's value. And there's even an entire excerpt that they recommend people read in gender studies classes called Everybody Wants a Wife, Including Wives. So bouncing back from ghosting, let's get back on track. Um, it's not a reflection of you or anything that you actually did, unless you were the type of person to make him think that you're going to go psycho and cray cray and like tear up his tires if he actually breaks up with you. And I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here and say that that's not you. And like I mentioned previously, it could also be a dude who wants to keep the door open, but he doesn't know how to keep it open without conveying that to you in a communication style that would make you sick. So instead, he just does it and then he thinks better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. Either way, it doesn't actually define you. A lot of bouncing back from being ghosted comes down to asking yourself, what actually happened here that's hurting you? What is the source of rejection? What is the need that flared up within you when this moment happened of feeling rejected or being ghosted? Be honest with yourself and address your needs because the thing is that your needs don't go away by pretending like you don't need them. Your needs start to actually calm down when you validate them and you say, hey, yeah, this is real to me. This is something that I actually want. But then you need to ask yourself, 
Can you meet these needs on your own? Is there something about your needs that are contingent on another person? Because those are going to be the needs that are going to be the hardest to meet. There has to be an element of you being able to meet them on your own. And fun fact, other people aren't responsible for meeting all of our needs. Relationships can fulfill some needs that we have in life, but they shouldn't be the only way to fill those needs. And if this is something that you feel strongly about, like, hey, no, my needs are absolutely contingent on another person. Right now, I want you to take a deep breath and ask yourself, could I possibly be codependent? It's okay if you are. And when I say codependent, do you feel like you are not able to live life without being enmeshed with another person? Have you been told that your life is not possible of being happy and fulfilling without another person in it? Because yeah, you know, it can be fulfilling with somebody in it, but have you been told that that is the only way to have happiness, to live a life where you will be safe and cared for and treated well? Have you been told that you're not allowed to trust yourself and to be safe with yourself? Did somebody ever make you feel like you were stupid and like you needed the help of other people at all times because you were told that you shouldn't be able to trust yourself, that you can't trust yourself? Like, yeah, it's nice to be able to trust another person, but when you feel like you absolutely must do that or else you will literally not be able to survive, that is a coping mechanism. That is a survival tactic that you have learned while you were growing up that once kept you safe. And it is something that you can unlearn. And just like how you unlearn some things in your life, you might eventually revert back to some tactics or tendencies of it. Because we're not always fully cured of things. Sometimes we do revert and that's totally normal. Like you really learned how to be one way your entire life and you think that you're never going to revert to some aspect of that behavior. So don't sit here and think, oh, I have to fix myself to be more resilient towards ghosting. No, because it is always going to sting a little bit. It's going to feel like rejection and it is always going to be a little bit shitty. And my job today is not to come here and lie to you and say that it doesn't suck and that it's not ass to have that happen to your ego. No, it does suck. In fact, any rejection is lame. Like, do you think you're going to feel better if you get a long paragraph? Some people will be like, oh, well, I just want a reason. I just want closure. Babe, being ghosted is the closure. I find that a lot of people who want reasons and they want that long conversation just want one last chance to like converse it out so that they can potentially persuade that person into liking them again or to giving them a chance and to making it work and to not throwing the relationship away. But don't you realize that a person who is for you, the person that you actually want to be with, who you want to stick it out with, is not going to be the person who wavers on you and thinks that you're not the right one for them. It's not going to be the person who wants to throw you away. Let the ghosting be the closure. Somebody who decided to fumble the bag and was willing to lose you is all the answer that you need. And one thing to consider here is that while they are ghosting you, they're in total peace with their actions while they're doing it. They're so satisfied that you're not reaching out to them and that you're out of their life in a way that they didn't have to actually deal with you. And another part of them is even maybe secretly hoping that they can come back, right? They might even want to try to open up the door whenever they get bored again. But this is why we usually block them and we don't give them that opportunity to do that. I am begging you, please do not wish and hope and pray or try to manifest your ghoster back. Because if it's somebody that doesn't actually like you or if they're just dealing with you because they're bored and want attention, the only thing that you're manifesting back is toxicity. 
And as a way to close this up, I want you guys to consider another brand of ghosting. The person who will ghost you to teach you a lesson. This person will deliberately ghost you in response to you having needs that you want met or you asking for something nice in order to make you learn that if you ask them for anything like that ever again, this is how they're going to respond. And the reason why they do this is to make you accept their breadcrumbs. By the point this is happening, they already realize that you are eager for breadcrumbs and any type of attention and that you want them in any capacity in your life and that you're probably much more willing to tolerate them and deal with their crappy behavior than to actually force yourself to move on. By this point, you have to accept that there's a journey of healing ahead of you that you need to start today. And the sooner you start, the better you will feel about yourself. Once you hit that block button or you decide I'm going to go no contact and not deal with this person, you're going to be like, every day is a day I go forward into my healing journey. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be clean and sunshine and rainbows. There are going to be days when you get sad. I talked about this in prior podcast episodes, that the stages of grief are not linear. It's not a one-way trip to go through all of those stages of grief. There's a moment in your life where you will find yourself going back to any one of those stages of anger, denial, bargaining, or even, you know, the lack of acceptance. So what I want you to do when you get ghosted is to remind yourself that it's out of your control. Because of all the things that I mentioned before, like the possibility of him being emotionally unavailable, the possibility of that being a person who was just dating for fun, the possibility of it being a conflict avoiding type of person. It could just be all these things. It doesn't matter what or why or who they're with now. All that matters is that it was always going to be out of your control and there was nothing you could do to change it. The only thing that you can control is how you move forward and when you decide that your healing journey starts. And I want you to decide, what does your healing journey look like? What does healing feel like for you? Does it look like picking up a book, starting a new podcast, managing some part of your anxiety? What does it mean to heal for you? Healing for you can look like watching a movie from the 90s. There's a lot of things that you can do to get that off your mind and to reset yourself back to zero. The idea here is to not internalize what just happened to you, express the irritation, express the emotions in a way that is healthy and not destructive and violent. If you do it in a way where you're just taking care of yourself, that's good enough. If you can do it in a way where you're ending up projecting yourself even further into your well-being and into a good future, that's amazing. Not that you have to by default. You're not broken and there's nothing to fix. It's a shitty situation, so it's going to make you feel bad. Sometimes people use it as motivation, though, to get into school or a program or to get a better job. They do something to make themselves feel better and to move them along further in life that makes them feel distant from that situation. I know for myself that I'm guilty of cutting my hair and changing my wardrobe just to change up my energy or to be reflective of my new energy. And that's cool too. Whatever you want to do to make yourself feel like you're distant or you moved on from that situation. And try to look on the bright side of the situation. If somebody realizes that you're not the vibe for them or they are going to have a hard time dating you because they can't fit your vibe, um, babe, the best thing they can do is leave and separate themselves from you. And if they don't know how to do it so they just end up ghosting, what the fuck ever. Thank God they left. Now you have more room for the right person or at least to focus on you. Rejection sucks. Not having a person accept you sucks. However, don't have a good wife complex. Just because somebody's in front of you and you're dating them or maybe you're romantically entertaining them does not mean that you have to make a husband or a lifelong partner out of them. No, when it's wrong, when it's weird, when it's off, you're free to leave and so are they. And thank God that they did it because maybe you do have that complex where you're like, no, it can work out. I can make it happen. I already decided I'm connected to them. I know for some people it's easier said than done, but you are better off being alone than being with the wrong person. It is so much better to be a part of something that you can be proud of than being a part of a relationship just to say that you have one. And maybe that person who ghosted you 
slightly realize that. Or maybe it's all the other reasons. I don't know. But at the end of the day, you're free to find somebody who does align with you. And that's the best part. I think one of the worst things that you can do in this situation is become a dating doomer. Tell yourself that love is impossible. Tell yourself that relationships aren't possible. Just going down a spiral of how all men suck, all men are shit. Are there things that men do that are shitty? Yes. Are there things that men do that suck? Absolutely. I.e., haha, that episode I was talking about emotionally unavailable men that I made earlier in season one, Fleekazoid. But I recommend not going down the doom spiral. A large part of healing is knowing that you are capable of healing and that you're capable of bouncing back. You gotta believe in it. And don't make an identity out of this. Even if it was like one or two people in a row who did it to you, those moments don't define you. Now, if you need a break from dating, absolutely take one, take as many as you need and make them as long as you want until you can feel good and confident about going out in that space. It's gonna be really tempting to wanna make an identity out of hate, pain, hurt, but it's not worth it. It might feel good for a little bit and yeah, maybe you can like dabble in it, but I wouldn't run with that full course 24 seven. It's gonna make it just so much harder to move out of that state of mind. And like I said in the beginning, I don't think that there's anything I can say to fully make you feel good about this situation or make you feel empowered. But just know that I've been through it too. I'm not immune from this situation. And some of you guys think that I'm a baddie. So um, thank you for that. But it happens to us all. It's literally happening to everyone. You are not alone. So as you're ending this episode, maybe you feel like uh, I still want some more on this topic. I have some precursor episodes that overlap with the themes of this topic, specifically the episodes No Man Equals No Value. Check out the episode Emotionally Unavailable Men. The episode Emotional Dysregulation and Limerence is also a really good one from season one. I also think that the episode that's directly beneath this one about not identifying with a bad situation, I think that's a really good one to listen to. But these are just some recommendations for things that align with this topic. As I'm ending this episode, I feel like this is one of the hardest topics that I ever tackled. And I know that like I've talked about things that seem like way more intimate and intricate. I will say I'm not against doing a part two or a spinoff topic on this if my mind changes or if I get a new perspective, things could expand or they could change. And I would love to hear your feedback about this topic or if there are things that you would like me to elaborate on. This is going to go up on my official Fleekazoid YouTube channel. It'll be its own episode up there. It'll be titled the same thing that this one is. So go ahead and leave comments down there below if you would like or email me at fleeksyfeedback at gmail.com. I would love to hear what you have to say. If you would like to support this podcast, one of the best ways you can do that is by hitting the plus sign or following or subscribing wherever you are and by leaving a five-star review, preferably. And uh, a nice little comment if you're watching me on Apple. If you would like to support me financially, you can do so on Patreon by joining my Patreon for $2. It's a nice way to stay up to date and to show support so that I can keep making content just like this for all of you guys. And if you didn't already know, I am Fleeksy on Instagram. I am Fleeksy on Twitch. I am Fleeksy on TikTok. Literally any social media platform that exists on this earth, I'm Fleeksy on it. So go find me on your favorite one and follow me there. This is where I officially sign off. So if you are dealing with the pain of being ghosted, my heart is with you and it happens to a lot of people. If I can get through it, so can you. Have a great day, guys. Bye.